0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. Today, I have uh, my past client, Alexis, here from The Nutritionist Mama. She's going to talk all about really, honestly, that confusing area around like, should you niche down? Should you not niche down? What does it look like to choose a niche? What happens if you can't figure it out? Like, will your business succeed? Will it fail? Like all of the honest conversation. Um, and to be transparent, Alexis and I did work together one-on-one. She also did take my online course, Launch Your Nutrition Biz. So we might talk a little bit about where all of those different um, the pieces of support landed her in the process of figuring out if a niche was right for her or not. So let me tell you a little bit about Alexis. So Alexis is a fibromyalgia warrior and has lived with chronic pain, fatigue, stiffness, and insomnia for the last 25 plus years, but she now manages her symptoms naturally so she can lead a flourishing life. She empowers women living with fibromyalgia to take their health into their own hands and reduce their pain, fatigue, stiffness, and insomnia naturally. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to be here as well. Thank you. Yeah, this is a long time coming. I know we talked a while ago <laughs> about you coming on. And I know you were so gracious to be like, hey, if you need someone to come on to talk about niching, like, you know, I feel like I've been through the ringer. So really glad to have you here to talk about this today.
1: For sure. It's all divine timing, right? So
0: yeah. So for those of you who don't know you or aren't familiar with you and your uh business and your fibromyalgia niche, why don't we bring it back to the beginning and you can just share where you went to nutrition school and when you graduated Um, and we'll kind of like talk about the first steps of getting your business started.
1: Okay so I graduated from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition CSNN um, in 2016 Um, so I got started. I just kind of threw myself into it. I had no experience running my own business, Um, got a little bit of help from other people, looked at hiring a coach back then, but didn't. And then, so back then I was focusing on chronic illness in general. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then I actually got pregnant about a year later. Maybe less than, probably less than. I had my daughter in 2017. And so then I had like this shift focus to pregnancy, postpartum babies. Mm-hmm. And then my business did another shift after she was a few years older um and i kind of went okay what do i do with my business mm-hmm. and that's where i decided okay should i niche down to fibro i've basically always pushed fibro away i feel like yeah. i've always felt like oh i have fibro not because i am meant to help others living with fibro i have fibro because it helped me get to where i'm at as a nutritionist mm-hmm. and reduce my own symptoms but i'm meant to help I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I stopped the resistance eventually when I yes. started
0: working with you. And I do remember, down. I do remember <laughs> you were like, it kind of makes sense for me to do this, but I don't know if I want to. And I, I think you like even like maybe a year prior to us working together, I remember there was like you reaching out. Um, and I guess so we don't jump ahead of ourselves. I know that. Yeah. Um, you did enroll launch your Nutrition Biz, which is an online yes. course, and, you know, you had to work yourself through it. And mm-hmm. I do remember that you did exclaim to me, I think I found my niche, and that fibro mm-hmm. was the thing you wanted to stick with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was a bit of a period where, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of fell off the map, like you kind of paused things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then you reconnected with me maybe a year or so later. Yeah. To- Start the the fibro niche. So, yeah. what had happened there? Like, did you lose steam kind of trying to do it on your own? Did you second guess yourself with like, should I even do fiber or not? Or like, where were you kind of sitting at that point of time? I think I was second guessing myself,
1: and I went through a period where I felt like everything I put out there in terms of content had had to be perfect. So I didn't want to put content out if it wasn't what I deemed perfect. So then yeah. I almost like froze. Yeah. Um, does
0: that help? Does that answer your yeah. question? Yeah. And I'm also curious if like um the content piece felt more overwhelming for you because you almost didn't know like what, like aside from the perfection of like maybe aesthetics or saying the right thing or coming mm-hmm. across like a, an expert, but was it also like a little confusing to be like, what actually should I be sharing? Like, yes should I always talk about fiber or should I talk about you know, chronic illness in general, or should I talk about, you know, throw things in and about my kid and about kid nutrition? Like, do you feel like you were almost like scattered in a sense? I was very scattered. I was
1: posting about pregnancy, babies, pain, fibro.
0: Like I was all everything that, yeah, I was all over the map. More so like personal. And which I think is fine. Like I remember when I was in school, I was like posting a lot about like kind of everything I was learning and you do Mm -hmm. kind of jump from thing to thing. Um, So I think that there is, it is natural to want to share almost like what you're learning or what you're going through in your own life. But I guess my curiosity and for those listening might be like, did that result, did it have any results? Like, were you seeing clients, were people coming to you, were you progressing in business, being in more of that like limbo phase of like, should I niche or should I not? I was seeing clients, but I don't know if
1: I was seeing the clients that I necessarily wanted to see. And I don't know if I was attracting the clients that I was meant to work with. And I was, it it was definitely confusing because it felt all over the map. It wasn't until I niched down to Fibro and had a marketing plan that you and I put together that things, the pieces, the puzzle pieces finally stuck. Came together. I got it. I understood marketing. Yeah. Step by step by step.
0: Yeah, why you should be doing things, the importance mm-hmm. of social content, which we'll we'll definitely get into that. Before we shift though, um, I, I would love for you, because I feel like so many of us listening can relate, but can you almost like go back to those clients you were working with kind of pre-establishing the niche? Like what were some of the, those clients you were attracting? Like were why weren't they a perfect match? I guess is my question. Like, was it that they were um they had like issues all over the spectrum and it just took you so much time to create like a health plan or to create recommendations or were they really demanding or were they really energy sucking? Like what was it that those clients were presenting that didn't feel like a match for you?
1: Definitely a little bit of a, B and C. So energy sucking, um, Mm -hmm. chronic illnesses that were all over the map. Um, So for instance, PCOS, which is very common these days, but, and I know how to help somebody with PCOS, but I may not be the best fit for that, let's say. But so I was attracting a few of those types of clients, um, constipation, which is kind of a one-off because it's not, it's not that hard to help constipation. It's like a quick protocol I find. So mm-hmm. it's, um, pregnancy postpartum, which I enjoy doing, but yeah, I it's feel It's just too all over the place.
0: Yeah. So did that almost um, put you in the position of like, uh, I think it could go two ways, like throwing yourself into research and having to like, look at all the books and,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, like
0: really become that expert in all different places or consequently, like probably shutting down and like not wanting to, you know, like kind of feeling like overwhelmed with all of Mm -hmm. the stuff you had to learn and almost maybe like putting off creating content for clients and feeling Mm -hmm. overwhelmed with the client process. Do you know which one you kind of fell into? So So I love research. So I will read
1: until I'm blue in the face. That's not my problem, but I don't have time to read until I'm blue in the face. Um, so, yeah. So having to do that um, and then it it definitely affected my marketing and what I was putting out for content, because if you're putting so much time into the behind the scenes with your clients, then it doesn't leave you with very much for marketing and educating everybody else. Um, so, and nothing is streamlined either. Mm-hmm. kind of just all over the map and it's one-offs.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point too, that like, when you're spending, because so, really, like at the end of the day, I I, can't, I know I've like come up with like my percentage of what business mm-hmm. is, but like you know we think it's going to be like eighty percent of our time is like as a nutritionist in session with clients, like doing the work. But it's almost like a reversal of like mm-hmm. it's actually almost like eighty percent marketing <laughs> and twenty yeah. percent with clients, yeah. <laughs> which I think almost is like why so many people have a hard time getting their business off the ground because you do need to like flip the headspace of the mindset yes. around that. Um so you're t- totally right. When you're trying to help, you know, every chronic illness or every, you know, issue under the sun, you, you are spending 80 to hundred percent of your time just researching and writing client plans and protocols. And then mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you might get a client in, but then they're few and far between. So how do you sustain business That's it. when you're creating almost like a new unique protocol for each and every person that comes in? That's it. And You
1: almost don't give your client everything they possibly could need. Do you know what I mean by that? So with fibro, because I live and breathe it, it's just, I listen to them and I obviously I get it. I walk in your shoes every day and I've already been doing this protocol for however many years I'm perfecting it. I, my, my clients get results within like a week. So it's just like this, it's easy and it's. It just feels I don't, the word is home.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah yeah, 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 it feels right. It feels <laughs> yes. like the wheelhouse, and and I mean, in business sense, like you hear this a lot, where people are like, um, "What's your zone of genius?" And for you, right. I think your zone of genius, whether you like it or not, you were given this card. Unfortunately, <laughs> <I know. laughs> of having fibro, and you know, maybe not wanting that, but you know, it is your zone of genius of knowing over time how to um, support the body through fibro. So whether or not you, you know, wanted to have the fibro and it became kind of your zone of genius, just because of lived experience Mm -hmm. where some of, you know, having to work with maybe like you mentioned PCOS, it's like, sure, I could help with that, but maybe it's not your complete zone of genius. So you Mm -hmm. maybe have to struggle a bit more to like, sure. Like, you know, we learn in nutrition school, how to piece things together and how to be you know, experts in nutrition, but it's different to be an expert in say PCOS than it is fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. Like each thing has its own unique set of needs and recommendations. So Mm -hmm. I can only assume also because I've been there before when I was more general in my nutrition business is like, it's almost like you know, that like emoji, that's like the brain explosion. Mm-hmm. One? I use it all the time. Um, that's almost mm-hmm. how you feel when you're, st- yeah. you're running your business, trying to appease everyone. because it. It's almost like, how do you ever find something you actually like if you're trying to suit everybody's needs? That's it. I forget what the, the saying is. we What's a master
1: of none? What is that? The mm. beginning part is something mm, yeah, and then it says I know mas- Jack of all trades, master <laughs> of none, or something <laughs> exactly. like that. So yeah, that's what it feels like when you're generalizing. I feel like.
0: Yeah, exactly. So okay, we you went through the period of like kind of getting a bit of clarity, then falling back into maybe old ways of like, okay, but I could help everybody, mm-hmm. and then maybe finding like yeah, this isn't really serving me, you know, I am a mom, I only have such, you know, specific time to be working on my business and I can't be, you know, pouring myself out to work on a hundred different things, a hundred different needs at once. When did you then finally kind of come to this ultimate conclusion of like, no, I need to niche down because this isn't working for me anymore.
1: Um, probably two years ago, I want to say.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it just kind of got to this point where you're like, this is no more. And I just need to focus down. So at yeah. that point, you know, two years ago and like kind of us working together, or I guess the two years ago led to us then working together mm-hmm. and getting more clear on this niche, kind of talk me through your, like just the process of like accepting this, I guess. I don't know how else yes. to say it other than being like, almost like a gut feeling perhaps, and being like, okay. I just need to do, move forward with this thing. What did that look like for you? Um,
1: I still continued to push against it. I remember when we were working together one on one. I was still pushing against it, but I had to. I felt like I had to accept it. I don't know what it was. Um, and then once I once I did accept it, it was like the ideas started to flow. And I started to prep content and it was easy. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, I've been pushing against this. Like, do I like to just take the hard route all the time? (laughs) This is so easy for me. What was I doing?
0: You know? I, I mean, that's so, I think that's so common, right? I know I see that in my business sometimes too, when I'm like, why was I trying to do all these things when like this thing fits and it feels good and it's easy. And, you know, like sometimes we do try to give ourselves the harder route. Do you think mm-hmm. that's because you almost thought you like as a nutritionist, you shouldn't turn people away or that you wouldn't make money just focusing on one thing? Like, yeah. what do you think the scare? Like, why were you scared of that final niching? Definitely turning people away. Um, and sorry, what was the other one? Because you were I said, right about it. Yeah, like it. not, um, like not making money, enough money, like, oh, how could I, if only working with fibromyalgia clients, like surely I wouldn't have enough clients.
1: Yeah. So that was a concern for me. But then when you take a look at the percentage of women who live with fibro in Canada and the world, it's quite a large number. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of them are kind of a lot of them, not, I don't know what percentage of them are not working, but obviously money is an issue, right? So you have to tailor your services to that, or you just market to those who can afford your services. Um. So yeah, I didn't think that people with fibro would A, want help and B, be able to pay for it. But then I look back and I look at myself, okay, well, I have fibro and I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars doing trial and error for how many years, if there was somebody like me when I was diagnosed or a few years after getting diagnosed or 20 years later, I would have forked out the money.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, that even opens up the conversation too of like, you know, when we're trying to market ourselves to people, we need to think about awareness levels. Someone that's, um, you know, problem, unaware, um, problem aware. So maybe like someone, maybe someone's problem unaware, they don't even know they have fibromyalgia, but they're having symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then maybe problem aware is um, they know they have fiber, they found out, they maybe I know diagnosis can take a really long time. So maybe not Mm -hmm. diagnosed, but maybe there's like an inkling that fibro is there. So they're problem aware. Then we move to what is called solution unaware. So solution, you know, working with a nutritionist, working with, you mentioned um, actually prior to us hitting record, you know, a chiropractor being very helpful for fibro Mm -hmm. symptoms. So, you know, solution unaware might be like, I'm living with fibro, but I don't even know who could help me. Mm -hmm. And then there's solution aware I'm living with fibro and I know this nutritionist sitting in front of me could help me so you know when we're marketing we kind of almost have to think about where somebody's at on that spectrum Mm -hmm. and the people who might pay for your more like signature fibro program would probably be in my assumption the problem aware solution aware people because they're the ones you don't have to be convincing they're the ones that are ready so I know who I attract (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was kind of a long ramble there but just to be said like what you're saying is so common but we have to remember there's different people at different on different journeys Mm -hmm. and we can't just assume that nobody's going to pay for something. We need to know that there's people that have, like you said, tried everything the last 20 years, you know, supplements. And like, what were some of the things you spent your money on aside from like getting help from maybe practitioners?
1: Uh, supplements that I either researched myself or had a naturopath, many different naturopaths recommend who, by the way, did not live with fibro or have a fibro specialty. So they're very general, right? Which makes sense to me what they were recommending, but it's not the solution. Do you know what I mean? Like the one-off appointments with those supplements. Um, uh, Diet, I read a, sorry, what did I try before it started working?
0: Is yeah, that you asking maybe, me? Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean maybe you didn't. Like maybe there weren't solutions. Yeah, so um, I now. mean I I went through the gamut like um medical doctor specialists, um there were kind of gimmicky supplements that people would suggest to me. Um um, different types of pr- other practitioners, holistic, um yeah, all over the place, medications, um different types of exercise. It wasn't nothing helped and things almost made everything I tried almost made things worse until I, put two and two together about diet and it's interesting that i didn't put two and two together about diet before the time that i did because i was a competitive soccer player and nutrition is important for energy mm-hmm. um but again we were all we were really taught about that was carb load carb load so that you can have the energy which is i look back and it's kind of funny because they should have been saying no lots of protein lots of protein that's okay. what your muscles work off of but so yeah, it wasn't, yeah, nothing really helped until um I changed my diet. I I read a couple books from actually they're both medical doctors. Um, and changed my diet on my own. Mm-hmm. And within like a week or two, I noticed changes. Yeah. Wow. And I was very much like, rip the bandit off. I'm going all in, get rid of everything in my fridge and my cupboards. I'm changing my diet completely and nothing's stopping me. And Yeah, I did it. And then that's when I thought, Oh, wow, okay, this is for me, I'm going to switch careers.
0: (laughs) And I mean, you like so perfectly illustrated, you know, through that process of like seeing, you know, even maybe when you found the more like holistic um, methods of supporting fibro, it was still like the general like naturopath who probably was, you know, a general practice dealing with lots of people with lots of issues, Mm -hmm. who has a really great toolkit to help you with. But like Mm -hmm. you said, It wasn't like the living, breathing every day in a fibro body, which I I think is um, there's so many arguments there about like, that's why it's so important to niche down because when we Mm -hmm. need real help, a lot of the time, a generalist isn't going to cut it. Or we see, just like you said, generalist after generalist, and we're like at our wits end and we don't know where to turn and we get frustrated and we don't make progress. So having someone like you, who's like, no, I specifically help with this one thing. I'm not trying to help you know, 10 different people do 10 different things. I specialize Mm -hmm. in fibro. Do you find now, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but do you find now that when you articulate to people that have fibro, that you specialize in fibro, that there's some authority built there and there's maybe like you're able to have more opportunities or get in front of the right people because you're specifically helping those people? Yes, 100% okay
1: um I was just talking at a fibro support group um, meeting last week and it was just so it just felt so good and so right because there were women of all ages and then I remember we went into breakout rooms and we were talking about our diets and this one girl she seemed about my age couldn't believe that I, live this lifestyle with my fibro and honest to God, 10 years ago, I wouldn't believe it either. So I get it, but it feels so good to sit. It was, it was nice to sit there and say, trust me, there are so many things that you can be doing to change how you feel. Yeah. And, and and I think she got it. Like there was a little bit of, Oh, really? And when I listened to what she was eating all day, like in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, that's an inflammatory breakfast. That's an inflammatory lunch. That's an inflammatory dinner. Um, Then you're not sleeping and blah, 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 blah. Right? So it's very simple from the outside, but then it's also complex.
0: Ready to start your nutrition business, but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients. From day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at StephanieLong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I think this also gives people good background into like or just good credit towards like sticking within a certain niche and why that's important. So yeah, keep going.
1: Yeah. So over the years, like my goal. I never wanted to give up with my fibro. I didn't want to accept the fact that I had fibro and I wasn't, I was going to be this disabled, chronically ill person who was not going to be able to succeed. Cause I'm very type A and I'm very driven. And I was like, I'm stuck in this body that, that doesn't want my brain to cooperate. Like my brain wants to do it, but my body was like, no, 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 no. You're in too much pain. You're too fatigued, blah, blah, blah. And so since I graduated from nutrition school, I've done even more research and even more trial and error. And I've discovered all the different causes, root causes of fibro. And there are a few. And then by adjusting my protocol, discovering those root causes, my healing journey has just gotten better and it keeps continuing to get better. And it's cool to speak to others about it. So there's you know, they have no clue about even the basics about food, or they don't realize that we burn through nutrients very quickly. So there's certain nutrients that we need to be replenishing. They don't realize that people with fibro have most likely have certain specific genetic mutations, which cause certain symptoms. So you have to work on that. It's a constant, there's no quick fix.
0: Mm.
1: It's a constant and it's a roller coaster. Like you're, even when you're in a, a place that I'm at where most days I feel good. Um, You're still working on your health,
0: mental, physical,
1: emotional, spiritual.
0: I'm so glad you bring that up too, because I think this is one of the biggest worries of people that are like, yeah, but how can I niche down in like, we'll use fibromyalgia as an example, but it could be said for PCOS could be said for whatever the issue might be digestive issues, gut healing, whatever. Um, how can I niche down when I'm still struggling with some of these things? Like I That's, should be like 10 time, 10 <laughs> years out of this, I should be like hundred percent healed. I should, you know, not have flare ups. And so did you struggle with that? Did you I did
1: that? actually, I forgot about that too, because, um, My health has just continued to improve. Like when you have a baby, your nutrients are already depleted. Right. So that kind of put my health on the, and then you're sleep deprived and whatever. So I felt like for the first couple of years of Emma's life, like my health kind of like took a backseat to her, obviously. And then finally, I was able to regain my health. So but in that time where I wasn't feeling my best, I thought, well, how can I help others if I'm at this point? And I can't stand here and say I live this amazing life with my fibro because I'm sleep deprived and in pain every day.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm still
1: functioning well. but and yes, so I did have those feelings, but I actually so i I feel much more confident speaking now because of where my health is at. But I should have been confident regardless of where my health was at, because I was always implementing everything I learned in school and through my own education to feel better. So for instance, six years ago, seven years ago, I would have been on medication for my fibro. I haven't touched one since. So that's an accomplishment in and of itself, because most people that I'm working with are on one or more medications. Like some of them are on six. So everyone's at a different point in their journey and yeah, yeah, that shouldn't stop you from wanting to help others.
0: Yeah. And I feel like you do like so brilliantly, you'll share like I had a mini flare up and here's why, or here's why, you know, or maybe sometimes you don't even share the why, but you're like, here's what I'm doing now to get me back on track. And I'm sure now for you to have a flare up and almost get back to baseline, it probably, maybe it still takes time, but I'm sure it's a lot quicker and expedited like of an event than, a couple of years ago, and I'm sure you just know more. Like even though, again, you're going to struggle some days, you can get yourself back to baseline way faster. So it's like that in itself is huge, right? Just like you said, oh, being off medication, being that, being able to kind of be balanced most of the time. And I think we just discredit ourselves, like, oh yeah, but yet I still have fibro, so I shouldn't be able to help. And it's, it's,
1: it's so bullshit. yeah,
0: <laughs> no, it is. And you're right, yeah i I've learned
1: so much about myself and about the illness over the last few years, that yeah, I definitely am more self-aware and um I definitely bounce back fairly quickly. Um and I've and I've learned too to implement not just diet, but all the other factors. So for instance, boundaries with people boundaries with yourself getting outside and fresh air every day getting movement in i know it's hard with fibro because you're fatigued and you're in pain but when you're when you're in pain the best thing you can do is get out of bed and move so if i wake up and if i'm stiff i'm like oh i gotta get out of bed i'm Mm. gonna walk around and i'll be fine and that's what happens but if i lay in bed i'll be stiff yeah um, so it's just being very aware and, and having those they're not coping mechanisms they're just a there's just a way of life I don't know I'm now at the point where there was definitely a point in my life because I've had this illness for over 25 years where it stopped me from doing the things that I wanted to do and I would frustrate the living daylights out of me but now I've accepted it I've accepted that I'm not going to attain perfect health. I will live with fibro for my entire life. It's just a part of me. It walks beside me. It does not define me. And I try to educate my clients about that as well. It walks beside you. It is not you.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: are not a victim to this diagnosis. And it's like the diagnosis thing is frustrating too, because as soon as there's a name you associate with that term, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I have fibro. No, you're, you're Alexis and Fiverr walks beside you.
0: Uh, I love that so much. I think that can be said, actually, I was just recording a podcast before this with, uh, Mia, who is also a guest on the podcast. And we were talking about almost like the story of like self-identifying yourself. Like when your business fails, you're a failure. Like, and like, right. almost like we do that so often in all places of our life. It's like, we just like want to self-identify so bad. So it can really resonate with your, with what you're saying. Um, I do, although want to bring it back to, you mentioned boundaries Mm -hmm. Before you and I hit record. I was kind of like, Hey, how are things going? Like, give me an (laughs) update on like where your business is at. And if you Mm -hmm. don't mind, like one thing you said was like, you're just learning to set some boundaries now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will preface this. I know because you and I had talked about this almost, I, I feel like one reason you maybe were scared to jump into the fiber niche was because you were worried a lot of these clients might require a lot from you in terms of your time and your expertise and also just like the energy because they're going through this transformation of who they were maybe and who they are now and it can be a big like energy suck like you mentioned earlier yeah so how do you set or how do you plan on setting boundaries with clients that maybe are going through such a big health challenge and not allowing yourself to kind of get dragged back there to maybe where you were at the beginning of your experience as well?
1: Um, I can tell right away when someone will be kind of like an energy suck. So I can decide whether I want to take them on as a client or not, like if I have the capacity. Um, And I set boundaries with my hours of responding. So I had one client who just expected me to be at their beck and call 24-7, which is completely unreasonable and inappropriate. So I had to set, and I would have to not respond right away and set timelines and hours. Um, yeah. And I guess I set expectations. So I'm learning to set expectations as well, but it's, that's kind of one-off most of them. Like my clients are very respectful. I don't have to really, yes, I do have to set boundaries with them, but boundaries in my whole life, I have to set as well. So
0: (laughs) it's a lesson in business and beyond. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's like there's somebody that I follow. I I've talked about this a lot on the podcast that I have like really bad chronic migraines. They come often, um, and so I follow a couple people on social media that are more like migraine. Uh, specialist. And there's this one dietitian that I follow. And I think she goes by the migraine dietitian. And one reason I actually really like her is because she still has migraines and she will share. I'm in a flare up right now. Like I'm having a migraine. Here's what I'm doing to support myself. And if I was her client, I'd be much more understanding of like, she's going through it. So if she can't reply for a day, I understand why, because I I've been there too. Yeah, And I think that's like almost where this benefits you to have a niche where you have experience in, because you would also understand if that client couldn't maybe show up for a a session and and obviously you'd have like cancellation policy and things like that in place to safeguard you, but you could give more leeway because you know what they're going through and maybe sharing your experience, they can give you leeway back, right? And it kind of is this reciprocal relationship for
1: sure. And I'm very flexible with my clients because I know obviously I know what they're going through. So if they need obviously if they need to change their appointment times, etc. And they t- they tend to be very good with me as well. I'll say, "Okay, I'll I've, I'll get back to you with your um protocol within x amount of hours and they're completely reasonable." So yeah, it's finding the right fit too, right? the mm-hmm. right client fit
0: yeah and the, well that kind of perfectly segues into my last question for you which is um and I know you've like had to take like some time off like from business you know like shift back a little bit and you're mm-hmm. kind of like starting to ramp back up into sharing and getting more clients but I'm just curious like when you go to market your practice now and market your program and put yourself out there like now that you have the niche settled like what are you doing, like is it spending time on social media? Is it reaching out to these, these groups and getting in front mm-hmm. of people? Like what what, do you, what does it look like kind of in the day-to-day of your business now that you have more clarity? It's a lot of marketing work.
1: Like you said, you don't realize, but 80% of your business is marketing. So it's um, planning blogs, writing blogs, um, planning Instagram content, posting it, sharing stories on Instagram. Um i'm going to be doing some i'm running helping run a fibro uh, food for fibro program with this support group so planning the content for that and running that um i spend time like i guess meeting new practitioners and linking up with other practitioners and doing referrals with each other Mm -hmm. um getting myself out there now that everything is not so much completely online anymore. It's more getting my face out there in the community again. So that's, we were chatting before (laughs) we recorded about the to-do list of my business cards. So yeah, I have a list of practitioners that I want to go speak to
0: in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. And do you feel more confident like having the niche now, like being able to be like, oh, well I am like, I specialize in fibromyalgia. Like, does it help you ha- feel more confident in having those it does. It it definitely does. Um, so we were also
1: chatting about how I was talking to this practitioner a couple of weeks ago and she learned that I had fibro and that I work with fibro clients and she wanted to send her patients to me. And it's just this easy, this is the life I live. It's mm-hmm. just so easy to talk about it. Like, this is my life. Yeah. And then this is what I do for a living. I help others
0: get better. Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah. So it makes it easier. And I mean, the argument for niching, in my opinion, is always you can be so targeted with what you're doing, right? You can now approach chronic illness podcasts or fibro podcasts and go on and be an expert. You can talk in these groups. You can connect with other practitioners. Like it's really, the world is endless for what you could do to reach out to these people. And now you're going to, in my opinion, become a expert more quickly because you're not spreading your time so thin. You're saying like, I am dedicated to helping you with your issue versus, yeah, I'm trying to help 10 different issues. Um, so it really does give you that kind of leg up and that step ahead. Um, one more thing I'm going to mention is I know um, we ha- we did have a little chat before we press record. Yeah. So I like to reference what we talked about, but <clears throat> You had mentioned too um, that your website's still getting Google searches or traffic mm-hmm. to it because something we worked on together was adding some SEO search engine mm-hmm. optimization using keywords like fibromyalgia nutritionist and being really clear. And that's something you can't really do when you're general in your business. You know, mm-hmm. If you put nutritionist in, there's a million and one nutritionist. But yes. once you say fibromyalgia nutritionist, now your world has opened up. And it's sure you're um, now you're a bigger fish in a smaller pond, but you're the big fish, right? You're going to be the one that stops first. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Well, I'm personally so excited with how far you've come and I'm sure, you know, who knows if you'll stick to this niche forever, maybe it will evolve and change down the line. But for now, I think it's um, amazing to kind of see the progression and to hear your story and Almost to see that resistance to the thing that made Mm -hmm. so much sense (laughs) and then be like, hands up. Okay, I'll do it. I'll give it a try. (laughs) And to see that, you know, (laughs) it's helping you feel more focused and and feel like you're on the right path. And I know you're still new in business in regards Mm -hmm. to like this new niche, right? It's going to take time for things to evolve, but I'm glad to hear it feels like the right
1: fit right now. For sure. I definitely have so many interests within nutrition, but yeah, for now it's what feels good. So I'm going with it. You can't, can't get 10
0: steps ahead, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And you got to start here to to move to the next thing. And I think you are just going to learn so much about what it's like to build a business in a specific focus that if you do decide to change your niche, you would just replicate everything you've done, but in a different niche. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Foundation is there for sure. Well, thanks again for coming on. This was really fun. And um, thanks for being up for the challenge. I know I said, we're just going to have a casual (laughs) conversation. And I think it was exactly what it needed to be in terms of your experience in in niching down. So thank you so much for sharing.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It was great. Well, before we go, can you share where people can find you um, online? Maybe any Mm -hmm. links you want to share with people? So my
1: website is www.thenutritionistmama.com. And on Instagram, I am the thenutritionistmama. And yeah, I'm on Instagram every day. And then I try to write my blogs every week. So if you're looking to join my newsletter, it's on my website
0: on that main page. Perfect. And if people are working or maybe have come in contact with some potential fibro clients and they don't feel like it's the right fit for them. Um, would they be able to send you a message and kind of connect you with those clients?
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks again for coming on. This was really great. And I just can't wait to see what the next steps are for you in your business. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, Share the episode with a friend or tag us on social media. Catch you next time.